leading a discussion is really facilitating a discussion. What you do as a leader is to ask the right questions Hi, this is Wicked. You're listening to the Live Ready Podcast with a mission to empower you to live a fulfilling life. Whether you're a student, working adult or entrepreneur, it is never too early or too late to be Live Ready. So welcome to episode number 10. Now, just earlier this week, I was actually doing a Toastmasters speech project and the objective of the project was for me to reflect upon my experience in leading a group discussion towards a consensus. So I thought that it was actually a very good reflection to reflect upon how did I grow um, throughout the years on the way that I lead a group discussions. And as you know that I run an education platform called Speakers Valley, and one of the very unique ways we let students to learn is through a facilitated group discussion, is through this group discussion and slowly leading them to understanding a concept, to assimilate a new concept. And not only that, as the number of coaches in our team grew, I would also have to improve the way I facilitate discussions so that we can actually have a consensus and to move on. Which is why this topic on facilitating a discussion is so important to me. And, and I think that it's important for you as well. Especially if you're someone who aspires to become a leader one day. And when you become a leader, how can you lead your team in a discussion? How can you lead everyone towards the same common goal? And when there's conflict, how do you resolve the conflict? All this is what makes or breaks a leader. You see, I wasn't always a good group discussion facilitator. And I want to share with you a, a daunting experience that I have on leading a discussion. So I remember around five years back, I was elected as the president of uh, my alumni committee for one of the course that I've taken. So, you know, as the president, I was very excited to go to our first meeting and I planned a series of agenda, you know, really, to, really excited to keep things going. Now, the moment I started the meeting with my committee back then, I had one very dominant team member started to interject on everything that I said. So I, I was really shocked. I didn't expect it to, to work like this. I thought they were going to just listen to what I said. So whatever that I proposed in a meeting was challenged. And guess what? The meeting was totally hijacked and went into a whole different direction. And somehow she got the support of other team members as well. You know, I felt really helpless because I couldn't say anything. I couldn't do anything. I could only just keep quiet, watch the meeting being hijacked and go into a different direction while I sat down and felt sorry for myself and throwing away all the agendas that I've planned beforehand. Can you imagine that feeling? When you're a leader and you're sitting down there, nobody's listening to you and your, your presence is irrelevant in that meeting. 
I remember driving home that day, I was feeling so defeated. And I felt that I'm a total failure as a leader. And ever since that first meeting, I became inactive in that committee. I didn't really want to discuss things with them. I just kept quiet and just wait for the term to, to be over. You know, I thought that incident has passed ever since that, uh, that night. But it turns out that subconsciously, it was still haunting me in my future encounter. So whenever I'm leading a discussion, without I realizing it, I will be very defensive. I wouldn't take other suggestions really well because I was worried of losing the control of the meeting again. I hate that feeling. I didn't realize about this until other people told me about this. So that is when I really started to look into this incident again and to really learn a way to move on from it. And that really changed the way I lead and that really changed the way I facilitate. So currently, I would say that I am more, much more comfortable to lead a group discussion. I am much more comfortable to accept people's ideas and their opinions and to really handle the conflict in the group discussions. I believe that as a leader, we don't always need to have full control of the discussion. Sometimes we can just let things flow and who knows, great ideas that may actually came. However, at times that when you felt that the discussion was being hijacked and there are times that these are the times that we really need to be assertive to really steer the discussions back to the right directions. Which is why today I want to share with you the three lessons that I have learned throughout the years on how can we better lead our teams towards a consensus. So if you're ready, let's go. So the first point or first lessons that I had was find the right time to talk about the right stuff. <laughs> now, this is really interesting because every time when I call for a meeting, I would prepare an agenda for our discussions. So, so that, you know, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to waste every opportunity to meet. I, I'll take it as something that is very precious. So in every discussions, I hope to discuss as many things as possible. So I remember one time I was, I was planning to discuss six items in two hours. So as we were discussing the first two items, everyone was very participative. Ideas were bouncing around and all that. And then as we discussed the next two items, everyone became a little bit quiet. But it's still fine. There were still ideas coming out. But when we finally moved to the final two items, everyone's face just changed. They looked tired. They became quiet. And they seemed a little bit impatient. Right? And I thought to myself, hey, since it's planned, why not just finish it? And guess what? I realized that the focus started to disappear. There weren't many ideas coming out from them and everyone started to become impatient. Sometimes we, we, we get into a heated debate as well. So the whole discussion became very counterproductive. And that is when I really learned that, hey, it's nice that we plan out agendas, lists to discuss, 
or it's nice that we make the full use out of the meeting that we have planned. But as a leader, we have to learn how to be flexible. Be ready to throw away some of the agenda out of the window to be discussed on some other days when we see that the discussion is going south. Because I've learned this, when the timing is wrong, even the rightest things that you say will go wrong too. Now the second lesson that I've learned in leading a group discussion is always make your discussion flow like a river. I call it chunking down. So this is something that I've learned from one of my ex-boss. She was my general manager in a multinational company that I was part of. So she actually has a very interesting way of leading group discussions. Now, she is someone who has a lot of thoughts and ideas and sometimes really bold ideas that may not get buy-ins from the team members. So instead of bulldozing her ideas towards us, she has a very clever way of leading the group discussions. What she did was, she designed a series of questions and then getting us to chip in the ideas. And that series of questions is slowly leading towards the direction that she wanted the team to go for. And as a participant of that discussion, it makes me feel like I was part, I was involved in making that decisions to go to the directions that she wanted us to go. So that is the beauty of it. Which is why a lot of ideas, proposals, suggestions that was introduced by her normally get a, a very good buy-ins from our team members because she knows how to lead the group discussions. So how can you do this for your group discussion as well? So in neuro-linguistic programming, there's actually a term called chunking down. It means that you start the discussion by discussing a general idea and then slowly move towards a more specific ideas. The reason why you're doing this is because you want to let the team members to see the bigger picture first so that they can give you the right kind of ideas or suggestions. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say you want your team members to brainstorm a program for your annual dinner. Let's say you are chairing the committee to organize your annual dinner. So some pe- a lot of people will start the discussion straight away by asking them, hey, guys, what ideas do you have? Come on, come on, let's give me the ideas. There's no stupid ideas, right? But the problem is they haven't seen the big picture yet, right? How would they able to give you the right ideas? And if you ask ideas at this stage, right, you will get a lot of ideas that are irrelevant, that are not aligned with your vision or directions. So what you could do is to start asking them the bigger picture questions. Start by asking them, guys, uh, what is the objective of this dinner? And then slowly move towards the more specific, who are our attendees? And the next question is, what facility do we have in the venue? And then finally, only ask them, what ideas do you have on what to do for our annual dinner? Now, when you are doing this, your team members will be able to see the big picture and they're able to give you ideas that are more relevant, that are aligned to the vision. So this is what I call flow like a river 
and also chunking down. Now, finally, the third lessons that I've learned in facilitating a group discussion is that now, do you agree that in every single group, there is always one person who is the vocal one? So this person will always share their thoughts, share their ideas, and sometimes even disagree with you. Now, imagine that when you're sharing an idea with your team, and suddenly this vocal teammate of yours raises his hands and challenge your idea in front of everyone. Or this, can also ha- this could also happen in a WhatsApp group as well. So what would you feel? Isn't it stressful when this happened? You know, I used to hate this a lot when this happens. Uh, doesn't matter when it's happening in a group discussions or in a WhatsApp group discussions. Because it feels like I had to defuse a bomb in front of everybody. It was so much pressure. But when I came to think about it, hey, would you rather to have people telling you where the bomb is so they can defuse it? Or would you rather people to hide the bomb and it one day it exploded without you knowing? So my third lesson is that sometimes we cannot avoid objection. And in every good discussions, right, objections is necessary. You can't have everybody agreeing on that idea. You need to have someone to challenge that idea so that you're able to explore on the things that you have not explored on. We can't avoid objections. But what we can do is to spot the objections earlier or spot the bombs earlier. And this is my third lesson. So let's say if you're running an important meeting where you really need everyone's support on it. What I would suggest is that before you talk to the big group, you can actually invite one or two team members to share your ideas with them. Preferably those team members who are normally vocal. You know that they are going to object you. So what you can do is to briefly share your idea with them first. And what you want here is to get their feedback early and then address some of their questions first. Alright, this is what I call spotting the bombs. Now, after you have done so, when you go into the group discussions, you will feel much more confident in the group discussions because your idea was already tested and you already have one or two teammates who are already on your side and the resistance towards that idea is greatly reduced. So there you go. These are the three lessons that I've learned throughout the years that really changed the way how I led discussions. So to sum it all up, the first point was find the right time to talk about the right stuff. The second point, make your discussions flow like a river. The third point is spot the bombs earlier. So as a conclusion, I think that when people heard about leading uh, discussions, right, automatically they, they will have the ideas of, hey, leading a discussion means I'm the leader of that discussion. I have to lead the whole thing. I have to speak all the time in that meeting. But the truth is, leading a discussion is really facilitating a discussion. What you do as a leader is to ask the right questions 
to trigger your team members to start thinking and then move the teams towards a common direction. Now, I know that some of you may be thinking, hey, there is so much of trouble. Why can't I just go in there, share my points and just let them do the things? Yes, you could do that. You could go into a meeting and just share about all of your thoughts and you give them an order. They will have to listen to you, right? Yes, by right, they will have to listen to you. But if you as a leader did not get their buy-in on your ideas, they will not do their very best to help to make your idea a success. Some people may even sabotage that ideas because it was not their ideas. It was your ideas. So which is why as a leader, it's very important to get their buy-ins. It is a skill on how do you get buy-ins on that. And also reaching a consensus doesn't mean that we are only waiting for the yes. It is about listening and understanding one another to find the best solution for the team. You see, the best form of yes is not said through the mouth. The best form of yes is your teammates' unwavering support in action to move forward. So that's it for episode 10. I hope that you have learned something from this episode. Let me know what you think about uh, your thoughts about facilitating group discussions. And I will see you in the next episode. Let us be more life ready together.